and welcome to Idol Rumble, the official K-pop podcast of LobbyRumble.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We're recording on May 30th, 2022. I'm Rob, editor-in-chief at Lobby Rumble, and I'm joined by content writer Ron, and our first-time guest, Trick. Trick, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, some of your favorite groups, and how you first got into K-pop? Yeah. Uh, first off, I would love a title like yours one day. I'm very honored <laughs> to be in the presence of the editor-in-chief and content writer. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Patrick. Um, how I got into K-pop is um, actually through my wife because she has been listening to K-pop since second gen, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, way back. Um, and so when I got into it, I got into it as more of like a talking point when we were first dating because then it was just a girlfriend, but now my wife. And... I love Dreamcatcher. That's probably my favorite group. I think it's Dreamcatcher, then Itzy, then Twice would be my top three. And mm. yeah, ever since then, 2020, I believe, is when I first started listening to K-pop. Since then, I've been just a K-pop addict. All kinds <laughs> of K-pop. <laughs> Not stop. And yeah, even my Spotify list, the the when they collect all of the data over the year, it's like the first five were all just K-pop, K-pop, K-pop. And then <laughs> your top genres are like K-pop, K-rock. <laughs> it's just insane, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. That's me. Nice. Nice. So, welcome to the podcast, Trick. Thank you, thank you. And hopefully you will see a little bit more of you in the future. But let's get this. Do I get a title, going. though? Uh, come back. It could well, be anything. We'll see because... Anything. Anything you can be podcast guest. Uh, yeah. Favorite yeah. Favorite right. guest. Best guest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome. Uh Ron, how was your week? My week was good. It, you know, my usual week. Uh watching a lot of basketball like always. Um so I'm I'm very excited that the NBA finals are uh coming up soon. Um but yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my week. I just who, watched a lot of basketball. For? Who are we rooting for? Golden State Warriors, baby. There we gonna get go. it. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of basketball in this house. And um, also last week, uh, something I've been trying to do was clean up my Korean drama watch list on Netflix because I have so much in there that I haven't finished. Um, but last week I was I finally finished Abyss, which came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started it. And now it's three years later. <laughs> I finally finished it. And I thought it was pretty good. It was all right. I like uh, Park Bo Young. I would say she was one of my favorite Korean drama actresses. Because I really liked mm-hmm. uh, Strong Woman Bong Soon. I feel like I like Bong Soon better than Abyss. But this one's still really good. So if you haven't seen it, I, this is one that I would recommend. Remind me, what's Abyss? Is that like the sort of monster drama or something no it so it's about these two so the main actress and the main actor or the leads they um in the beginning they they die and then they get resurrected from this like orb and basically they're just trying to figure out how they died who killed them because they don't really know just trying to figure it all out and what's kind of funny about this too is that when they get resurrected they come up in a different body that's not their own. And mm. uh, usually they, they, when they get resurrected, they come back as, I guess they, they come back as someone, as, as their soul would look like. So 
the main lead, he was not very, so in his, I guess, first life, he wasn't very attractive, but he had a good heart. So when he got resurrected, he's, he was like tall and handsome and, and all that. And then the main actress in her first life, she was pretty, but she comes back kind of short. <laughs> if you know what Park mm-hmm. Bo Young looks like, she's kind of short, mm-hmm. but then she's not like bad looking. I, I think Park Bo Young is really pretty actually, but I guess in the drama, she's considered like okay looking, but but yeah, and what, it's a good what, one. What platform mm. were you are you watching this on? So this one's on Netflix. Mm, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So that was the NBA Finals and Abyss. Side note, sorry. Side mm-hmm. note: If mm-hmm. the Warriors win, I think Curry is in my top ten all time. If he wins, I don't think he's is in the top ten right now. <laughs> top ten all time, all time, all time. I'm talking about all time. Like from all the way back, we're talking Jordan, we're talking uh, Kobe, Magic, Shaq, Kobe. Magic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give it. I'll he give needs it. to win yeah. this. I think he needs to win. This. And he needs to get Finals MVP. Yeah, I, I hope so. so. And and he saw his, he saw has a lot of miles in him too. Still has yeah. a lot of time. He has time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think because I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people think. Um, his last ring was thanks to uh, mm-hmm. KD being mm-hmm. there. If he mm-hmm. wins it without KD, I think that like really establishes himself as like top ten for me. That's all I'm saying. All but right. he's obviously mm-hmm. in your top yeah. ten, right? Oh yeah, oh definitely. He's up there. Is he's he top there. five? Uh, I I don't I don't think so. I don't I wouldn't put him top five. It, that would be really hard because actually I haven't really thought about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, my number one is obviously Jordan, and I would put Kobe as a number two and. Mm-hmm. And Bron? LeBron? Wow. LeBron's three. LeBron's three. Okay. Respect. Yeah. Respect. And then four or five, like on down, is that, that, that'd that be hard. Yeah. That's, the, that's where you have to argue about it. There's so many yeah. good players, man. All right. So that was the NBA Finals and Abyss on Netflix. Speaking of K dramas on Netflix, I started watching Hotel Del Luna. Nice. I'm about eight episodes in so far. I'm not sure if I'm super invested as much as I wanted to because it's a little bit of a mix of fantasy, modern day, and it's got those like horror um, parts to it. The fantasy and the horror parts are not the things that I sort of come into K-dramas with. Uh, But so far, as far as I am, I'm sort of interested in the mystery that's, that's sort of like revealing itself. I sort of did start it because uh, my girl Mina from Gugudan is in it, even though she's not got a big role in it. But it's it's interesting so far. It's just I'm not the biggest horror fan. Other than that, Obi-Wan Kenobi just debuted on Disney Plus with the first two episodes. It follows Obi-Wan almost directly after the prequel trilogy. So that's spoilers if you haven't seen it, that sort of Anakin sort of quote-unquote dies but he also he becomes Darth Vader but it just follows that he's sort of like defeated and goes to hide on Tatooine it's cool because this is a pretty big budget show it looks like a movie but the only thing is that the CG in in my opinion doesn't look too good some of the acting isn't very good some of the makeup is a little bit much in the second episode there's an annoying kid but it's one of those things where maybe they're gonna like 
grow out of it kind of thing. One thing off the bat is that in one of the very first talking characters is a Filipino and he's actually Dante Bosco's brother. And we all know Dante Bosco from the debut and Avatar, the last airbender cartoon. And it's just really cool seeing a lot of the old talent from the prequel movies coming back. And I'm I won't try to spoil what's coming up, but it's just cool seeing them there. And the last part of my week is AEW had their pay-per-view this weekend, Double or Nothing. Uh, this is the inaugural sh- pay-per-view show, and it's their fourth showing. Uh, it was a five-hour show, so it was a little bit lengthy, but there are a lot of good matches, followed by a couple of whatever matches. But the one that I want to highlight is the one called Anarchy in the Arena between Jericho Appreciation Society and John Moxley and Friends. It was just a bunch of craziness. People were fighting everywhere in the audience. People were like bleeding all over <laughs> the arena, like running into fans, people throwing mustard at each other. Um, John Moxley was like tearing up the ring. He like took off the top rope and started beating people with it. <laughs> oh my God. Aren't they called the um, the combat club? No, it's not. It's not exactly the Blackpool Combat Club. It's sort of like a mix of two of the members because the, the third member, Wheeler Yuta, is currently in Japan oh, gotcha. um, in, a, in a tournament. But it's just... People that don't like storyline wise, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society because he's like the big heel faction right now. That it's just them sort of like exacting their revenge on him. But um, it's it's just a lot of fun because the big funny part um, in the beginning of it is that it's about a twenty-two minute match, and for the first third of it, uh, John Moxley's entrance is the song "Wild Thing." Wild thing, yeah. You make my heart <laughs> sing. They they were playing that song for the first like ten minutes. Like while they're wrestling. So it was just like that song on loop <laughs> as they were just like massacring each other. And then they they made sure to follow Chris Jericho around to that. He went up to the soundboard and he grabbed this like part of it and started banging it against the ground to like stop the music. So that was just like a fun little like part of it. So that was Hotel Del Luna on Netflix, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus in AW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And now it's time for new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. What do we have on the list this time? All right, so this week we got a lot of good releases. Um, May 24th, we had Kong Daniel with Upside Down from his first full album, The Story. Same day, we have Beck Yedin with Pisces. Also, we had Light Some with Alive from their first mini album, Into the Light. And then the next day, we had Bandit come out with Venom. From the third mini album, Reoriginal. Then on May 27th, Seventeen came out with their single Hot from their fourth full album called Face the Sun. And then finally today, May 30th, NCT Dream came out with their song Beatbox from the repackage of their album Glitch Mode. Trick, since you're our guest, you get first pick. What did you pick this week? So I loved Bandit's drop, Venom. It's so catchy. But not only that, but I, I feel like... So I'm I'm a sucker for underdogs and those mm. that don't get a lot of the mainstream spotlight. I think Bandit is c- extremely undervalued as a group. Because um, I've been listening to them since actually when I first started listening. Um, back in 2020, mm. I made it to point to... Because obviously the, all the all the mainstream groups are always going to be there, right? So I said, what's like deep? Like what's a deep underground type of um, K-pop group? And then I stumbled upon Bandit. I don't know how, but ever since I found them in 2020, I've like loved them. 
the thing is with this group, they're I don't know what their company is doing. They like there when Venom dropped, there was no like teaser. There was no like no one knew they were gonna have a comeback, and then they had one, and then it was good. It's great, and the music video is insane. But they, there's just no promotion for this group, and so I feel like they're just like yeah, they just need a little bit more spotlight because if you listen to any of their songs, like back to 2019, they're they're so good. It's so catchy. I'm not gonna check this group out. I'll tell you what's happening. That they're concentrating on Chunga because they're the same company. Oh, and Chunga is their breadwinner. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. can a can a company live off of one person though, or one group? I I don't uh, I don't think it's out. smart to like put all your eggs in one basket like that. You can make an argument that YG did with Big Bang. Yeah. I mean, they also had 21, mm-hmm. but Big Bang was kind of their workhorse, right. so to speak. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But, but like these days, yeah, it would it'd be kind of kind of hard. Well, I guess High or Big Hit at the time had BTS, and that was their mm-hmm. only thing that they had going. But yeah, but that, you know, that's kind of, that's really rare in K-pop. Oh, to have like one group? Yeah, one and really also good, it, big group. it also depends on like how their album sales go or how their revenue is, because if they're not bringing in the right. money, then uh, why would the company risk? Uh, uh, because comebacks in general are like multi-million or I'm not sure about millions, but it's an expensive thing to do to set up a comeback and like go to shows every week. It's, it's a big investment to... If you're not getting a big return on investment, then why put your eggs in that basket? Well, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned because Bandit's last comeback was 2020. So a lot of a lot of the followers oh. were like, "Oh, they probably disbanded." Like there was there was no news on this group whatsoever. And then they dropped the single, and then the mini album, and it's like everyone just surprised. They're like, "Oh, okay, there's still a thing." <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe it's Chung Ha or um, any one of their other artists, but I, I just feel like this group needs a little bit more spotlight. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, that one member, uh, I think the Makne, she was on, I believe, Girls Planet 999, and she was actually oh, yeah, a right. pretty prominent mm-hmm. contestant. But when she came back, they didn't run with that torch uh, because she was pretty popular at the time. But yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that they weren't able to take that and run with it. So, and with this song, it's not really my wheelhouse. Uh, like this genre isn't my favorite. Um, so it wasn't really up my alley, mm. but it, it's really it's just really nice to see that they've come back after such a long time. Yeah, I'm happy. So, Ron, what was your pick for this week? I really liked um, Upside Down by Kong Daniel. Yo, that song slaps, dude. <laughs> like it. It's first of all, it's R&B. Right. And then it has, you know, like when songs combine like finger snapping and, and the snare into like yeah. one sound. Mm. They do that on the two and four and, and it sounds so crispy. Like I, I like when, <laughs> when songs do that all the time. <laughs> And it also has the Rhodes piano, which is like a very prominent piano and from like 70s funk and stuff. And all that put together, just it just puts out a dope song. And and I love the Rhodes piano. Like for those who don't know what that is, you hear it a lot in like funk. If you know Robin Thicke's song, Blurred Lines. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, that features the Rhodes piano pretty prominently. So if you if you like R&B, then this is the song for you. You got to check this one out. Yeah, if if you didn't pick this this week, I would have made this my pick. Because <laughs> this is maybe my favorite one of the uh, week. I thought you were going to pick uh, 17, to be honest. Uh, no, I'll, I'll explain why I didn't pick 17. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is definitely sort of like more my genre. Because like if I had to pick a genre that I would explain to people what I like, it'd be chill, like mm. chill music. It's got that like chill vibe to it. 
but it's also got that cool little like thumping uh 808 bass to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is the song that i remember listening today where like every other beat they say hey yeah, hey yeah. is that the song yeah. yeah so it's like a song that you could just like sort of like vibe to like your your friends or whatever like that kind of a song and uh before i move on like this week it is sort of like a produce mnet uh kind of a week because like bandit had uh their maknae go to an M- uh produce show kong danielle light some had two members from produce 48 so it's, it's it's one of those kind of a weeks but like you said um you thought i would have picked 17 but uh that was that's like i said with bandit it's that genre where it's not really my jam and i i like i was thinking about how i want to present it that songs that you would hear in like a forever 21 or a (laughs) like those like or songs that you'd hear of people walking down a a fashion (laughs) catwalk this bandit and light some are all of that kind of a genre for me that they weren't really up my alley i just pictured (laughs) i just pictured that song playing in a forever 21 (laughs) but yeah like um there are parts of the song that i liked but the auto-tune voice for most of the song was sort of a killer for me i liked the chorus for the most part but just like the music video in general like it's not for me that it's for people who are attracted to K-pop males that the guys are in like mesh shirts that <laughs> it's not really my bag that darling is more for me even though I wasn't super hot on that at first where I'm more of the, like the electronic music kind of guy mm. but my pick for the week is NCT Dreams Beatbox it's a very NCT and SM hip hop kind of kind of a song so like kick it yeah, kick oh. it. it sort of feels like a kick it and like a lot of the NCT 127 kind of hip hop songs, that kind of a song. But it's got a very good mix of hip hop and pop that it's not too grungy in the hip hop section and it's not too poppy in balance. that section. The beat's pretty catchy. Yeah, it's a good balance. That's why I picked it. Um, and because it's, the concept is beatboxing, at the end of big phrases they have this cool little syncopation kind of a part that switches up the beat where it's not that like the two and four kind of downbeat kind of thing where it 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 just has this cool like little breakup thing to break up the action so that was bandits venom hong danielle's upside down and nct dreams beatbox in the news segment we'll share our picks for what happened in k-pop for the week in an unprecedented move, Trick has requested to allot his time for <laughs> the spotlight today. section. So, Ron, <laughs> so Ron, what did you bring this week? So, I would like to shout out BTS, give them a huge applause, because their very first episode of BTS Radio on Apple Music One, which is Apple Music's um, like live radio section of their app, they premiered last Saturday, May 28th at 6 a.m., and I want to say, I think it was yesterday, Apple Music announced BTS Radio Episode 1 broke the record for biggest show of the year on Apple Music 1. So big ups mm-hmm. to those guys. And if you never heard of BTS Radio, um, basically this is a three episode limited series airing weekly leading up to their album Proof, which comes out on June 10th. And the point of this series is to show and celebrate the nine years of BTS and for the members to share stories and songs that shaped their career. The broadcast is all in Korean, but RM does moderate in English. Um, so if you don't understand Korean, then you can always find the translation of the dialogue 
uh, online. Someone, some fan out there probably <laughs> translated it. I didn't listen to it live, but uh, it's still up there for the listen. And it's really good. They pretty much talk about all their old songs and, and they have like little stories to share. So those, those parts are really cool. So when you were listening to it, were you mm-hmm. just using your uh, knowledge in, of Korean to listen to it? Or you were like listening to or you were reading along with translations? Um, I was doing a little bit of both. Uh, my Korean isn't all that great. So I understood some parts, but there are times where I had to like I'd either have to look up a word or go off the the written translation some fan put up online. I just what I really enjoyed was the just listening to the old music. I didn't get into BTS until like maybe 2015. So a lot of the songs that they showed or that took up a majority of the show were from before that. So it was it was good to to listen to. It made me appreciate those songs more. And then just you could say you were there before the hype. You listened to BTS before <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I was just a casual fan at that time. It wasn't until like maybe I would say 2018 I followed them a lot more closely, which is kind of around the same time everyone else did too. So I kind of bandwagoned a little bit. But either way, they're they're cool. <laughs> so that was the first episode of BTS Radio on Apple Music One. For my news this week, I wanted to dive into police to investigate Music Bank for controversial scoring. They've reported in regards to the May 13 episode of Music Bank. The candidates for number one were Lim Young-woon with If We Ever Meet Again and Le Seraphim with Fearless. It's controversial because Im Young-woon's broadcast score was zero compared to Le Seraphim's 5,348, which contributed to their win. Fans are concerned because digital and album scores were well ahead of Le Seraphim. 1,148 to 554, and 5,885 to 1955, respectively. Music Bank responded to complaints claiming that the song wasn't played on KBS programs during the target week, but Dispatch pointed out it was played on KBS radio a few times. Music Bank responded to that, saying that specific radio show is not part of the scoring criteria. Currently, police are investigating. If manipulation is found, it will be upgraded to a full-scale investigation. So that's a little bit just crazy how drama after drama is sort of surfacing or becoming part of La Seraphim's debut. Yeah, that's incredibly bad luck too. Because then like, this isn't even really La Seraphim's fault. <laughs> really, I feel like this is more of a KBS problem than anything. Because I guess it has to do something with how they count count their scores or whatever. But just just bad luck for, for those girls. And I know like uh, Im Young-un's, he, he has like a, a lot of fans. So like, I'm not, when I heard about the story too, I was like, really zero? That, that can't be, right. that can't be right. But, but I don't know. And for KBS to pull something like this, like after what Mnet went through with pretty much the whole pro- produce series, like, come on, KBS, come on, man. <laughs> can't, you can't get away with crap like this anymore. Yeah. So if we're looking at it on the face of it, it sounds like maybe just for whatever reason, it doesn't get broadcasted on the stations that are included so how that's clarified with how the voting is then it's a little bit dicey but hopefully it was just some sort of technicality but if it is sort of a quote-unquote rig then that's definitely a big problem and it's it's also gonna look badly on seraphim too i feel like this could be its own episode (laughs) i was gonna ask i was gonna ask (laughs) how do you guys feel about how awards are handed out in korea compared to how we do it here in the west where we do like actual 
um, like annual award shows versus like when a song drops and they and and they do like an award show like what mm-hmm. once a month I'd say on like two or d- three different shows in Korea no, or week oh weekly. yeah or weekly right with like three to so, five so, different shows yeah oh yeah yeah fine. so it's like how do you feel about weekly awards and and for for whatever reason awards are big right in Korea like they they kind of establish you as a group like if you don't have an award right mm-hmm. you're yeah you're not making it very far uh, but, I yeah, mean for, I mean yeah imagine. right in, in in a certain way right whereas like if you don't win an award here in America you could still make music you'll be fine um yeah yeah um, but how do you I again I don't I didn't want to get into it because I feel like this could be like a whole discussion <laughs> right but because uh yeah we, we could go like briefly into it but uh, when you come back, then we could definitely like dive yeah, into. Yeah, I, I just had like this yeah. long conversation with my wife about it because I didn't understand the concept. Right when when Dreamcatcher got their award, um, I'm like, oh, uh, what did they win? Like best song? Uh, and they're like, no, it's just an award. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Just it's just an award, right? Like there's no best anything. Yeah, yeah. There's no best anything. It's just like who can? Because I I'm not in, I even I'm not entirely sure how these scores are run up apparently they're from album sales and whatever but um like the weekly ones they're nice right but i guess in in my eyes like this is just my personal opinion this is not like how i view just you know the k-pop industry as a whole i, f- I feel like these um these like weekly awards are are kind of meaningless that's they're, what they're i nice said to that's out. what i was saying um, i i yeah. was under the assumption yeah. they're like oh they're they're like they remind me of when i was in school and they just like when I was in elementary school and they're like, Hey, best mm-hmm. student of the week. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I got a piece yeah. of paper that's it. But, but to them, it's like, it means something like they were crying. Like people would cry about the type of accolade. Yeah, you know? they, like, yeah. Cause it, I mean, for the artists, yeah, they, it can mean a lot. It can mean just like, yo, what kind of sucks is that the, the measurement of success is based on, on sales. I mean, that's how you can right. quantify success, right? It's right. through sales. But like, also at the same time, like, you know, you had a bad week because you were up against Psy or whatever, or or Big Bang, or, you know, all these heavy hitters, but then you still have a good ass song. Like, I feel like that, as long as you have a good ass song, then, then like those awards. Ironically, uh, Dreamcatcher was up against yeah. Big Bang that week and they won. Yeah. And, and yeah. they won it, right? Yeah. That's huge. And that's huge, yeah. right? Like in that context, it's huge, right? Because then, like, I want to say they're not, I, I want to say that they're meaningless because, like, to me, like, if you, as, like I said earlier, as long as you have a good song, that's all that yeah. matters. But then in order to quantify success, you need to have numbers to back it up. Right. But that's just what I think. Uh, we can talk about it more. But that's just like, I just feel like I just don't understand the concept of award shows. But maybe you guys can explain it to me. Yeah, it's sort of the it's sort of the same thing like if you could imagine like a TRL and all the yeah. other yeah. big networks having like similar shows that if it was still as big as it was like back in like the 90s 2000s. Right, it's like being that, on TRL's that, top that 10, VR right? equivalent. <laughs> but well, yeah, well, yeah, why is there so exactly. much weight behind then, being top 10? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's sort of like a a like marker of your success against yeah. everyone yeah. else that like oh, if you could beat these guys then you're considered like successful in that point but yeah like the awards are like measured like they all have different mm-hmm. measurements but it's usually like album sales streams um play time broadcast time but it feels like, like if you're not number so, one if you're like number two and three you don't win anything you know what i mean 
like it's one or bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I don't agree with. It's like TRL is is a perfect, I think, uh, representation of how it could be. Like if you're in the top ten, yeah. you're gold, right? But but from my perspective on these award shows, it's like you win one or you don't win anything, and that and that's what I don't really necessarily agree with. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just sort of like a measure of you, of your group's yeah. worth because if you're not bringing back gold to the company, then yeah. you're not sort of like being. I'd be happy uh, with silver. Or I mean, as a group, if I was in a group, that'd be like, oh, silver medal. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was police to investigate Music Bank for controversial scoring. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. Trick, what would you like to spotlight oh, this week? Okay, so this is interesting because you said I'm for- I forego <laughs> the the news section <laughs> for this very moment. Um, so thank you for this platform. I'd like to get something off of my chest. <laughs> but just, as, just as a disclaimer for all the listeners out there, right? So my topic is Blackpink and if Blackpink is good for the culture or not. And as a disclaimer in, in, with an asterisk in small writing at the, at the bottom of this episode, I want to say I, I enjoy Blackpink's music. And I think they're super talented. And I think that they deserve all of the fame that they're getting, right? So I don't want anyone to perceive what I'm about to say as anything opposite of that. But the question at hand is, is Blackpink good for the culture? And I have an argument for both, right? I I think that Blackpink is great, for k-pop because a lot of people are using blackpink as sort of like blackpink is as a group is spotlighting k-pop as a genre right because when you listen to blackpink you think k-pop or at least like oh this is what k-pop is like i've heard of it but i never knew what what you know what kind of music k-pop produces this is this is k-pop and then on the opposite spectrum of that i think blackpink isn't great for the culture just because I've heard from several like Blackpink loyalists. So so the same people that first heard Blackpink, like didn't know what K-pop was and was first introduced to Blackpink as this is K-pop. I believe that those same people, it's hard to branch out into other groups, right? Because Blackpink has created this genre, this this sort of, this specific type of music that isn't necessarily K-pop, right? It's because if you listen to anything else in the in the K-pop world, Blackpink is kind of in its own. And I feel like that that's where the negative comes in and it's not necessarily Blackpink's fault. Like they don't have any control over who listens to their music, but Blackpink has defined K-pop for westerners like us, like me, you and everyone in the states. And so when people hear Blackpink, they think K-pop. And so when you give that those same people a different type of song, they're going to think, oh, this isn't Blackpink. What am I listening to? And that's kind of what I fear is if we're going down this road where Blackpink is defining and paving the way for Western K-pop, I'm afraid that this is what we're going to get from here on out. Our companies and and groups that are going to, if they're looking for global fame, they're going to take this formula that Blackpink has created and they're just going to try and replicate it. And because of that, we'd be missing out on all these other different type of groups that, you know, someone that's more open to K-pop is missing out on. And that's my take. It's been on my chest for so long. (laughs) What do you you guys think? (laughs) Am I in the wrong? Am I 
in my own little bubble thinking this or uh you want to go first rob or me? Uh, <laughs> i could go because like maybe you could like wrap it up better because you're a bigger fan than i am okay. so i think it could go both ways um because they are a good representation of the culture but i think it is mostly on the fans if they want to have that open-mindedness to venture out because uh just just to be clear that the these loyalists uh that you're speaking of are like your your like friends that are blackpink sons um as opposed to like sort of like generalizing the right it's a, in general it's, yeah it's a small sample that, group it's like five or six people um mm-hmm. yeah so i think it is like every fandom out there has similar people that you can say this at for twice you can say this for bts and so on and so forth that it's just up to the individuals if they want to have that open-mindedness because be, when i um came back into k-pop uh when i was sort of like here to stay i was a aping loyalist quote unquote because all i was listening to was aping that i was just my playlist was all i think i told this story before but when I went down to LA from the Bay Area to attend a convention, all I had on a playlist was like maybe 20, 30 A-Pink songs, just like playing back to back on that six hour drive both ways that I loved it. But eventually uh, when my recommended started popping up like WJ Sen, IOI and stuff like that, I started like just opening up because like you said, uh, there is a lot of, good k-pop out there that you can't it's good to sort of like round yourself off to like have like more content out there for you because uh like the bad thing about uh if you are just a black pink only kind of fan if you're there for the music you're not gonna have a fun time because they only release like maybe once a year at this point that if you're waiting for music to drop then you might be better somewhere else because I've also mentioned that they are pretty well known for dabbling in other things outside of music like K-dramas and editorials and fashion that they are sort of like covering the gamut in sort of adding to their success as a group. It is up to the fans if they want to sort of branch out, but I think because of Blackpink's sort of like multi-faceted approach to the industry is that they're one of the only ones that are doing it the way that they're doing it. Right. So to piggyback, piggyback off of what you're saying, so as a as an A Pink loyalist, right, back in the day, were you did you have mm-hmm. that mentality where it was like nothing beats A Pink? A Pink is the best. No, you didn't, right? Uh, not necessarily. It's just it's just because like um my feeds was just fitting me more A Pink, but. Like I said, when other stuff came up, I was like, oh, I'll check mm-hmm. it out. And then I opened up. Right. So it's just a matter of like what is readily available. Because like if you're going in from the get go and you just type in like all you ha- all you know is A-Pink, then yeah, like only A-Pink is going to come up. But if you know like, oh, like there's Itzy, there's From Us 9, there's April, there's Oh My Girl and stuff like that, then you you'll have more to go off of rather than just typing the word k-pop into your search engine yeah yeah but i'm um, but i'm saying from a black pink loyalist perspective in respect to your example with a pink if there was a black pink loyalist that 
only had Blackpink on their playlist. And then Apple Music said, hey, you like Blackpink? Um, you like their style? Try these groups out. Is there a group that Apple Music could recommend that closely fits their style? Because I don't think there isn't. I think A-Pink, you can, you can arguably say there's two or three groups that if you like A-Pink, you you'd like these three or four groups. But Blackpink, it's like, what what is there to recommend that will that will appease a loyalist that'll that'll open up the mind of a blackpink loyalist uh we spoke about this briefly before we started recording but i'd say that the closest um that isn't just like full on oh this is the blackpink concept uh is sm and jyp's sort of answer to that with aspa and mm -hmm. itzy that that's sort of their closest thing to the quote unquote girl crush concept if you want to branch out then those are probably the closest things there are probably other groups that are probably closer to blackpink but aren't as popular out there but that that's what i'd say would be like the closest um sort of um jumping off point for me at least yeah and i would agree with that jump off point too but if you're a blackpink loyalist a super fan and you're looking for that hip-hop aspect to another girl group i don't think you'll find that i think that's the only part that's missing like espa it's close sonically so does itzy but if you want if you want bars you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna get that in it's a it's a <laughs> i combined yeah. the two groups in espa and itzy you, if you're only not the, the two groups that. combined that'd be nuts yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that's the right. only thing but but like i think when it comes to blackpink yeah like i i understand what you're saying like a lot um it just so happens that their loyal fans are really vocal yeah. about it and that they're kind of closed off to other groups but i, I in my opinion that's kind of on them that's their bad because like k-pop has a lot to yes. offer um if you're just a little more open then you you'll, you'll find groups that you'll like right like like an espa or an itzy and i think actually i think those are the only two that can can even come close to what blackpink offers um sound wise i think there are other groups that are trying but the uh if i'm gonna be honest the, the quality isn't yeah. quite there yet no it, yeah and ron you like nailed it i think that's kind of what it comes down to is um like you said blackpink has a very like specific style right and it i don't think it's been repeated yet i i think it's still true to their own style and that's kind of what i fear right just to just to kind of repeat what I was saying. I, I'm afraid that this style that they have created, I think groups are slowly trying to replicate or trying to figure out what formula is working for Blackpink and they want to replicate that. And mm -hmm. I'm afraid 10 years from now, we're going to get five black copies of Blackpink in, in different, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it's like, there's, it's just hard because, and the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because K-pop as a whole has so much to offer right k-rock yeah. you uh, you mentioned um as your new release like a r&b style type of k-pop um mm -hmm. yeah there i mean there's a cutesy concepts there's just mm -hmm. so much right but when when blackpink goes here's what k-pop is enjoy our music it, it's sort of like a lot of people just get stuck um and so yeah, yeah so i'm just yeah. i'm hoping you know future proofing that that our like our country as the west as a whole just accepts other styles or else we're just going to get blackpink version one blackpink version two three four and five yeah 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 and then at that point then we're gonna i feel like 
because in our culture authenticity is is mm-hmm. valued right so then when it when we get blackpink 2.0 yeah. blackpink 3.0 yeah. whatever then you're like man why are these copycats man forget <laughs> yeah, this stuff exactly. this is dumb exactly right <laughs> but but yeah but i to go back on your original question is blackpink mm-hmm. good for the culture I think it is. I think they are. Despite some of the shortcomings that it brings, they bring a lot more good than than the bad stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, and I'm saying this somewhat biased because I yeah, Black of Pink. course, of course, <laughs> but, you can like Blackpink, but you don't like it's not Blackpink or Bust for you though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. It's uh, and and the only, the last example I'm gonna mention. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, I said, here's black. Uh, he was like, I, he, I love Blackpink. Nothing beats Blackpink, right? And the YouTube numbers show, right? YouTube mm-hmm. is is the prime yeah. example yeah. for how popular they are. Like Lisa ha- has the highest hits, right? In something on, like on a that, video yeah. ever on YouTube or something. Um, to that regard, he he'll mention all of their accolades, right? And I'm like, I get it. You love Blackpink, right? And I said, okay, mm-hmm. hey, you love Blackpink. Why don't you try out G Idol? Right, so I gave mm, him a few mm. G Idol songs because oh, that's yeah, close, yeah. right? It's not like exact, but I'm yeah, like, hey, yeah. they're 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 kind of like Blackpink, like close enough to where you might like them. And he said it like this: he said Blackpink is like the Wagyu, the A5 Wagyu of steaks. And he said <laughs> this to me, right? He said, you have to give me something better than Wagyu, right? Because G Idol to him is like the prime rib. He's like, it's good, but it's not as good as a black pink. And so if you're getting constant, like, I mean, like, like Rob was saying, you're only getting like a, uh, an album a year. Right. And, and, yeah, but, and if, if that. that, but newcomers are coming in two or three years late. So they're getting three years of content from black pink. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting constantly fed Wagyu until you get tired of Wagyu, you're not, you're, you're going to mm-hmm. keep eating it. Right. Cause it's just like, it's the best. You, and then you try a little yeah, bit of yeah. everything else and you're like, not as good. I'm going to go back to Wagyu. Um, so, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm not saying like I know the whole fandom of Blackpink, but that's just the the three or four people that I've talked to um, that love Blackpink. And then I've talked to two that don't necessarily like them. So I've gotten a good spectrum of opinions on this. Yeah, I think uh, sort of like coming back to like what you were, what you guys were talking about with genre and also with this point is that it also deals with your company's sort of like mm-hmm. style and YG is yeah. very known for being like hip hop yeah. uh, oriented, like big bang. Like if you want to sort of like put them on something else, maybe put them on 21 that they're, they're sort of like the predecessors of Blackpink. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's why with Itzy and Aspa aren't too close to them because uh jyp is a sort of makeup is sort of like funk and pop and sm is just doing what they're doing (laughs) like just all just everything so yg as a company with groups like big bang and icon where they're go on like survival (laughs) shows that where they're like stuff that like um what's the what's the mc survival show oh show me the money one yeah, so they're because like when the Icon came on to Kingdom, mm-hmm. they they were always bragging about, or I guess bragging is not a good word, but they're always highlighting how much they've done those kind of survival shows. That this was just another thing to to tackle. That they have such a knack for this kind of a genre. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to sum, just to sum it up, right? Like, I, in no way am I saying Blackpink is trash because I think they're amazing. I'm just, again, I'm worried because you said it's it's down to the company, right? My biggest fear is every company sees how much Blackpink's company is making, and they're like, I want to make Blackpink money, so let me make mm-hmm. two or three groups that do exactly what Blackpink's doing, ship them over to the U.S. and make lots of like. I don't. That's not what I want for the culture. And that's what I'm. That's where I'm. That's where kind of this question stemmed from. Is is it good for the culture future proof? Like it's good now, right? Because people are like, oh, this is K-pop. I've heard about K-pop, mm-hmm. um, but now I'm like experiencing it. But in the future, is it good for the culture if everything K-pop oriented is is Blackpink, right? Where there's like five or six different groups that just try to do what they're doing. Maybe a little better. Maybe a little worse. And that's all we're being fed in the West. Yeah, that's my big. I'm, yeah, that's that. That's just what I'm afraid of. But I mean, that's that's. No one knows what the future holds. Yeah, and I think when it comes to like coming out to the West, like it's it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like what what bubbles to the top? Because ten years ago, who, who would have thought Psy with Gangnam Style yeah. was the pretty much everyone's first take yeah. on K-pop, right? Like who knew a song but, like that would? But arguably, blow up he's here. like the but first meme ever <laughs> created from Korea. Right? True. Yeah. 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 Sort of. <laughs> and, but, but at yeah. the time, right? And, you know, and I was a big K-pop fan mm-hmm. back then too. And like that's what everyone's impression of K-pop mm-hmm. was. So then Gangnam Style would come up, and people would ask me, "Like, oh, is this the stuff you listen to, Ron? Like, <laughs> it's this." I'm like, no, no, it's just it's more yeah, than this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's Big Bang, there's 21, there's mm-hmm. 2 p.m. You know, at the time, mm-hmm. right? So in in that case, right, where that's everyone's first taste of K-pop, and that's how they imagine everything else out there to be, then it, it this argument is so hard because like it could go either right. way for Blackpink. It could be good right, or it could right. be bad, right? Because it's good in a way that it opens a lot of people's eyes, but it's bad that if they don't hear anything else like Blackpink. They're just going to be closed off to the rest of the, the genre, which which sucks. But I mean, at, at this point, I mean, there's nothing you can really do, right? <laughs> it just that's just the way it is. But I mean, I, I'm still hopeful. So that was is Blackpink good or bad for the culture? Ron, what did you want to spotlight this week? Yeah, so I also have a little mini rant, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> something to get off my chest. This is going to be real quick for me because um, it. It's not that serious, but um, I want to say I want to make a claim that Korean dramas are just way too long. Okay, so standard Korean dramas are 16 episode seasons, right? And that that log 60 to 70, sometimes even more minutes per episode. And to me, that is really long. Right? What even sucks, too, is that in the middle of the season, that's when it kind of drags on. And it's very slow paced because they have all these different storylines going on at the same time that not only are they somewhat hard to track, keep track of, but also sometimes you don't care about it, right? Because they try to add backstory to some side characters that don't, they matter to the story. But at this point, you kind of want to keep the story going, you know what I mean? Like the main storyline going. And there's reasons for this, this pace, right? So um, if you don't know, Korean drama productions go through something called the live shoot system. Before I say what I think about it, uh, basically what live shoot is that is a production company will shoot the first few episodes of a Korean drama. And then 
they will use those first few episodes to try to get investors in and try to get to secure a time slot or whatever with these with different channels. Right. And then once they secure, pretty much once they secure the bag, then they can film the rest of the episodes. But the filming, the rest of the principal photography doesn't happen until the first episode airs. So while it's being shown on TV, they're still shooting. And what happens with this live shoot system, it, it creates inconsistent writing or weird storylines like I mentioned earlier. One reason they do this too is that they can cater the writing to how the audience feels. So if you have a main lead and a main actress and in a rom-com, they, they're typically the ones that are romantically involved, right? But if the crowd or the audience likes the second lead uh, actor with the main lead actress, they can change the storyline or alter the storyline to fit the audience, pretty much to fit what the audience wants so they can keep the ratings. Because of that, you get some weird stuff. And um, in the middle of the season is where I tend to drop out because that's where it slows up and I, I lose interest and I just try to find another thing to watch. So this creates like, for me, it creates like a huge backlog of, of Korean dramas. But things are slowly changing now where instead of doing this live shoot, they will just shoot all the episodes at once. And the story is a story. They're not going to make changes or whatever. And this kind of, this style is, I mean, it's pretty much how it's done everywhere else. But in Korea, it's starting to pick popular, pick up in popularity because of, because of Netflix. That's how Netflix wants its productions. They don't, I mean, that, that's pretty much how they, they run things over there. So I'm curious of what you guys think of, of the pacing of Korean dramas currently. Yeah, so I'm definitely on that mid-season slog on uh, shooting stars right now. Because like you said, they are sort of highlighting the random characters to give them a storyline. And the characters that are getting that sort of like feel like they're coming out of nowhere. That mm-hmm. I was like, oh, where were you at this whole time? Yeah. And then now you're you're sort of like the villain. And then I'm also at that point with Hotel de Luna since I'm like on episode 8 of 16. Yeah. So yeah, it is a bit of a slog, but it is sort of fun going week to week as they're coming out because it's it's got that sort of oh, what's going to happen this time kind of thing and mm-hmm. keep that kind of going rather than if you do have a binge kind of thing or if you're just watching mm-hmm. an old thing, that sort of mystery is gone. Like there's no more water cooler talk kind mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah. the sort of like mid-season slog is just such a killer. I usually endure it, but it is sort of like a low time for the thing because they're just like making stories to pad it out. It just gets so boring, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I just want to get to the end already. But uh, but sometimes the, the it, it's worth the wait that they tend to, in Korean dramas, they tend to end up um, wrapping things up nicely. I was going to say... Um, um, and you know... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, so I don't, I don't watch Korean dramas. Um, I'll be completely honest. Okay. But my wife is like an avid watcher. Mm-hmm. She has a mm-hmm. Vicky account. Is that what it is? Vicky? Yeah. 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 Um, and she'll always complain. She'll be like, oh, I just finished another show. I have nothing to watch now. So it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, and I'll see her too. I'll see her like having it in the background, but not really watching. I think that's kind of where we, what you guys are talking about, where there's that slum, where mm-hmm. it's kind of just like unnecessary. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, so she, yeah. she does the binge. She'll watch it, you know, episode to episode. She'll stop paying mm-hmm. attention midway and she'll come back for like the last two episodes just to kind of like finish it out. Um, mm-hmm. But what I know is American, right? American television. So we have mm-hmm. hour long TV shows. So, so compared to yeah. Western TV, is it not the same where like we have an hour long show? Do you think every, everything in the West here, do you think everything 
in an hour long TV show is necessary? Because the thing is, like with Korean dramas, like they like I I don't have a problem with Mm -hmm. an hour, but like sometimes what they do is they'll have pretty much like 45 minutes of like actual story content and then 15 minutes of like fluff. And then you're like, man, I don't really like is this some of this part necessary? (laughs) But I think now it's like it's shifting to where I feel like. Is it equivalent to like an anime filler? Uh huh. No, no, not okay. necessarily. It's just like just some parts of the dialogue just kind of run too long when we're like, okay, we get we get the point, but I think it's time to mm, got it. Uh, okay. Time, to, time to move on. <laughs> but it, it it's starting to change. Yeah, it's starting to change where you know shows are becoming exactly sixty minutes or I mean like sixty one, sixty two, whatever, and then um, s- seasons are being shorter. There, uh, there are like Squid Games, right? They're like uh, I think. Each episode is like yeah. about an hour, but there's only like what, 10 episodes, mm-hmm. if that, maybe, maybe less. I don't remember, but the entire, the entire time it's like action packed, right? You're like, right. To Something's always the TV. happening for a reason. Yeah. 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 And then there's another Korean drama um, that I really ended up liking was DP. Oh. Um, it's on Netflix. I haven't, I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, that, one, that one's good. And that one's only like four or five episodes at an hour wow. episode each. And I think it just comes down to good story writing because mm-hmm. like sometimes an hour can feel like two hours when you're right. watching these they dramas. Drag. But if you can, yeah, if you can fit in like all relevant story, good pacing all in an hour and make it feel like 30 minutes, then that, that's yeah. a win yeah. <laughs> in my book. So that was our Korean dramas too long for my spotlight this week. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, covering <laughs> Kingdom Two, Episode Nine. It feels like almost every week I just cover Kingdom <laughs> in some some shape or form. Do you like this season better than the first? No, because I'm not <laughs> super attached. Uh, c- comparatively, yeah. like uh, some of the groups aren't as up my favorites chart, but we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. So this is the last part of Round Three, Part Two, aka Fantastic, where the fans assist in picking the performances. Luna started off the episode with Butterfly Queendom version. They showed them watching videos from Orbit, aka their fan base. They ended up choosing the song Butterfly because this was sort of like their global song that sort of appealed to a lot of audiences that it even featured um, fans from around the world in their video. The performance was pretty straightforward though. There was a couple of choreo edits. There was cool little side stage that had a prop with a spider web on it, like a, a big spider web, not just like some random spider web. And the music rearrangement was decent, but overall not much change because their argument was that they didn't want to change the song too much. But usually with these shows, they usually like super change up the song to to rebirth it and sort of prepare for like a big competitive stage. Not much has changed with this one. There there was like a bridge part where they changed it up, but it wasn't as standout compared to the other performances. Brave Girls did a rendition of their song Red Sun. They held a live with fans to sort of like pick their brands of what they wanted to choose. This was another straightforward performance where not much was changed. I don't, I'm not completely familiar with the original song, so I'm not sure how much was changed. But it was a pretty emotional performance for them because it was sort of their go big or go home kind of show because they were like at risk of going home if they were placed in last again. Their theme concept for this was sort of walking the flower path, which is sort of like a 
it's sort of a metaphor of sort of like doing the best that they can to sort of like fight for a better life. It highlighted their struggles as a group because we all know that their story where they sort of weren't as popular, but out of nowhere, they gained popularity with their song Rollin'. And it, they also like highlighted their eventual success. And rounding out the performances was Hyolin with CC. When she was connecting with fans, she went busking. She ended up inviting a fan to perform with her. The fan was Herim from Street Dance Girls Fighter. She brought back the summer theme that she opened up her performances with. She has a great stage presence. She was definitely treating this like a concert that she was like interacting with the fans to sort of like make noise. She is a master at harmonization because in all of her performances, she's always changing up the song to include harmonies, even if she's harmonizing with herself. Uh, the arrangement was pretty fun, too. And the set was like probably the biggest set next to like WJ Sen's setup. Unfortunately, the rest of the show, which was like a 20 minute segment, was the awkward self-critique portion where they're like saying, who do you pick above you and who do you pick below you? Throughout the segment, like in the previous ones, you could just see everyone apologizing to each other when when their placements were revealed. And then because this was Bona's first time experiencing this, she was just looking around really confused at the weird atmosphere that was uh, developing. Trick, did you see this episode? Because I know you were keeping up with it. Well, so I don't I I, I'll watch it on YouTube. (laughs) I had an interesting conversation with my wife uh, because Kingdom has had how many how many seasons has Kingdom had? Two? Uh two. Two. So at the time it was one Queendom and two Kingdoms, right? Back to back. Mm-hmm. And I said, Why don't they bring back Queendom? And she said something along the lines of um boy boy groups are more popular or something along those lines. Uh it was also a scheduling thing because the way that they introduced Kingdom was that uh they called it Road to Kingdom, where it's sort of like a pre show leading up to mm-hmm. the main show. That it was just a bunch of like scheduling conflicts. So they had like big promises of like huge boy groups coming through for the second season. Yeah. But they had to take what what they could get. And that was. I think like 17 was in talks and stuff. That second season did have a lot of big names though, right? Stray Kids, Icon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they they, they were like teasing 17 and BTS. Sure. I mean, if they get stuff like that. But I don't know. The the groups that they picked this season for Queendom, I'm not a fan of most of them. Like, so it's hard. I feel like you have to be a fan, like a a fan of any one of these groups to really want to watch the show. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Queendom season one had Oh My Girl. Right. Um, And I liked them at the Mm -hmm. time. So I, I would like follow whatever episode, whatever songs they were redoing or performing um yeah so this season it's really hard for me to watch and i was really excited for it at first um over time it's sort of like um ron's k dramas where (laughs) the first i worked i watched like the first two episodes and i was like oh i'm into it (laughs) and it's just dragged for so long and i'm at the point where i'm almost like forgetting it's a show yeah that that is the thing though that you do have to sort of have an interest in the groups on the show because if if you're just Watching, you only have like one group, or you're not even into it. Then there's really no point. Now there were rumblings. There were rumblings. Everyone, a lot of people want a Dreamcatcher on this season, but mm-hmm. apparently they didn't. I, I think you need a win to qualify of some sort, which again kind of goes back to the whole like why is it so important? Because um, every every group or artist uh, in this season has had a win of some sort. 
Had they had mm-hmm. a win, had they had that win this year, I would be all over this show if, if Troop Catcher was on it. So yeah, I agree. I think you need to be connected to one of these artists or groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember uh, when I was talking with you and Chris before, I think you were mentioning it, so that's why I was seeing if you're keep, keeping up. But yeah, uh, like one big gripe for me, though, it might be also because Road to Kingdom and Kingdom were shot during the pandemic that it just feels like the budgets are it's not allocated for the women and yeah. and stuff that. Um, but I think it also has to do with because Queendom and Queendom 2, uh, there's live audiences that you can't go as crazy as they did for for the two kingdom episode mm-hmm. or the two kingdom seasons that on kingdom and road to kingdom they had like these crazy sets and they yeah. had all these like camera movements and stuff but maybe it is because there's an audience but it just doesn't feel like the budget's there for the women this time so that's sort of like a big like sort of like let down on mine that like they don't have these crazy sets that kingdom had mm-hmm but I mean, I, I sort of I'm sort of like connected to a couple of the groups like Luna is definitely like one of my favorites. WJ Sands, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Kepler. Um, I follow Ke- a Kepler lot of the came in with around. only two songs, right? <laughs> well, technically, VVZ has uh, technically one song, too. Yeah. So how, how do you album. how do you film a show around only having two or three songs or one well that that's why you're you're not that's why there's only really like one round where it's dedicated to your yeah. your own discography yeah that's why kepler on that one episode did a girls generation song mm-hmm. i wanted kepler to win because that's kepler what was my like for, went right when the um trailer launched in the before the show mm-hmm. even started i'm like oh i want kepler to win yeah but um, unfortunately too that sort of is a popularity contest at the end of the day that yeah your pre-existing fan base is sort of what dictates how far you are mm-hmm. like i mean i'm not sure how big hyolin's individual fan base is but just her performances are just like killing it isn't she like the beyonce of k-pop uh you could say that so so does this winning this competition from your knowledge does this count as like a super win like a super award of some sort are, are uh, you... it's just like another trophy and the thing and you also get like a premium comeback show or whatever like because like i said earlier like comebacks cost money and right. if uh mnet's gonna front all that money to funding it then that's more power on them like our- and it, it could launch your like popularity because yeah. uh some groups like um like park bomb like came out of nowhere it's like oh i guess she's doing the show and then like mm-hmm. she sort of like came back into sort of popularity during the time yeah and also same thing with like the boys they they skyrocketed because their performances were just going crazy right during kingdom yeah road to queendom i'd be all over it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the thing is too that it's just finding the groups that want to do it dedicate their time and effort to this because they are so like functioning outside mm-hmm. of the show and the show alone is already like taking up a lot of resources of their yeah their time mm-hmm so that was Queendom 2, Episode 9. To end the show, we'd like to leave you all with some recommendations that aren't necessarily K-pop. What would you like to recommend this week? I So I bought my first album about a couple weeks ago from this recording. It's uh, Dreamcatcher. So like I said, Dreamcatcher is my number one group. 
and I, I think I stumbled upon like a album opening, like a box opening on YouTube of some sort, because I looked at their album and I wanted to support, but I'm like, why are these albums 30 to $40? <laughs> From a Western standpoint, right? We're, we're used to albums yeah, yeah. that have uh, a book Just this. and a CD. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and outside of that, we're used to paying a monthly subscription to music. So, like, why am I why am I paying thirty five dollars for an album? And then I just decided, you know, like, you know, let me just do it. Let me just <clears throat> go all in on this group. So I bought four of their albums, and I have to say, I'm super pleased with what I purchased. <laughs> I didn't know, right? Nice. You get so much stuff. You get like not even just a book. You get like yeah, a yeah. Looks like a textbook size of <laughs> pictures. Uh, a little lot of a lot of knickknacks. A lot of like little looks like tradable cards almost that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's gonna listen to the album. I don't even think I own a CD player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand the concept now, right? You're not buying the album for the music, right? Because you can get that on Spotify or Apple Music. You're buying yeah. it for the images and the pictures and whatever else they give you. Uh, so if you're a fan of K-pop, I recommend buy albums if you don't already. Yeah, and if you're a completionist, then that's a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. You have to buy multiple albums. I saw that too. Also... There's there's like a limited edition and then three regular mm-hmm. editions, an N edition, mm-hmm. a D edition. I'm like, what am I buying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also with, with Dreamcatcher 2, that they haven't reprinted their older albums too. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you got all the recent ones. That well, recent and I had to like scour the internet for all the old ones. So I found I'm missing yeah, one the, album though. The old ones are tough. I'm missing one the album. Ones are tough. I'm missing. Um, I think it might be their rookie album. I can't find it anywhere. Mm. I have Odd Eye though. I, I wanted the Odd Eye album that, and I got it. So that's I'm happy with it. And also wait until you uh, try to get into fan fan meets and fan signings Yikes. and stuff that you buy a bunch of albums for a chance to get in. Are you serious? <laughs> That's like your ticket or your lotto ticket? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, I think they're like to get a, like, a fan sign or a fan call or whatever, you have to put in bad money. Wow. <laughs> like, to buy like a, no, I'm talking like a hundred albums, like hundred units or something. Of the same album? Something like that. Of the same album. What am I doing yeah. with a hundred units? Reselling maybe? You're... <laughs> Resell, yeah. Seller, some people just because, like, uh, I know I had a coworker at an old company that said that he would visit Korea mm-hmm. and then try to get those fan signs, and then he would just have to like throw them away or something because he can't bring hundred <laughs> oh units God. or so back on the plane. Yeah, back on. Wow, that's dedication. But I mean, if that's what you like, is uh, interacting with the that artists. Idols. On a one one on one base, like you've seen those fan cams of them, like in a in an auditorium, and mm-hmm. then you're going down the line. Mm-hmm. That's what people buy tons of albums for. So they they don't have like VIP or, or any any sort any any type of like one pay one price and you get to see them type of admission. No. Oh, that's crazy. That's smart. Hey, that's smart. To. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you it, have it's, to buy it's a marketing it, thing. It's increased yeah. album sales, right? Because that's what they live and die off of. Pretty much. That's Pretty interesting. Much. Yeah, that's yeah. a good concept. So that was buying albums. Ron, what do you want to recommend this week? All right. I would like to recommend everyone to watch <laughs> the NBA Finals. 
because we are going to see some high level basketball play. All right. So as of this recording, it's May 30th and NBA finals start June 2nd. But by the time you hear this, it'll probably it had already started and we're probably two games in already. How, so how many games are we um, going to? I'm going to say five. Warriors and six. Five. Warriors Stop. And six, man. Give, give, give Celtics some credit. You gotta give, five, give five Boston some respect, five man. Five or six. six. Where are they starting? Uh, here. Warriors. Five or six. Oh, my gosh. Eight and five. I'm going to give seven. I'm going to say seven. Let's go. And, I'll, and then I'll go I'll back to this episode. I'll say Warriors in seven. I'll give them seven games. I'll all go right, back right. to this. I'll be like, Rob. I'm, o- I'm always... <laughs> I'm always like thinking that they rig it to go to seven for finals <laughs> get, to get their money. Yeah. I, I'm always, I'm always conspiracy theorists on that. Oh my gosh. That's possible. But please watch NBA finals. It's going to be a good one this year. So that was the NBA finals starting on June 2nd, Golden State Warriors versus Boston Celtics. For my recommendation this week, I wanted to recommend a song by Jungigo Gravity. This song is just a vibe. It's sort of got that intimate song kind of feel to it that bounce like a wow wow kind of kind of a kind of a feel it's nice and chill which is up my alley i actually just looked at the lyrics when i was um sort of putting this on the show notes that it is a little bit in that field where it's a little bit um adult oriented but if you're just listening to the song like i do it's just such a song to chill out to there's this like guitar the solo guitar that plays most of the melody that at the end of each major section it has a pause and then just this like pickup that comes out of nowhere that is just such a like ooh, that that's just so good even the music video is pretty chill it's just this girl chilling in a restaurant like after hours just waiting for somebody just like vibing out so this was Jungigo's Gravity. To close out the show, do you guys have anything to promote? As usual, I like to promote our social media accounts. So you can follow us everywhere, pretty much everywhere, at Idle Rumble. And if you want to join our discussion, go ahead and uh, join our Discord server. And we have a link to that in our social media account bios. And then um, if you like our show, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review uh, on your favorite podcasting platform. I would also like to promote this podcast because it's been fun being here and i appreciate you guys having me support idle rumble so good thank you <laughs> thank you for coming out <laughs> so you can catch my goings onings on lobbyrumble.com where i like to write about all things pop culture you can follow my personal social media at rob loves pizza with a r0b music's brought to you by kevin mcleod of incomtech.com and that'll do it for this week's show. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Idol Rumble Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>